Welcome to Chapter 18 of the Kinsman Die Podcast, home of fantasy fiction based on Norse mythology that's written and read by me, Matt Bishop. In this podcast, I read my first novel, Kinsman Die, one chapter at a time. Every 10 chapters, I recap the key plot points and provide some insight into the myths I've referenced in the book, as well as some of the creative choices I've made along the way. In Chapter 16, we were with Hodor, the son of Frigg and Odin, as he mucked out some stables and remembered the man, the warrior, he'd been. In Chapter 17, Frigg pulled double duty, damage control for her husband and as a mom to Hermod. When we last left Vidar in Chapter 15, he was just about to attack a whole bunch of Jotun warriors. Let's do this. Chapter 18 Vidar. Vidar's mind burned as his Fulgis strength coursed through him. Yet it was as if he clutched a slick rock with wet hands in a cold, fast-flowing river. That rock was himself, his body, while his grip was his spirit, his hammer and huger. But if his grip slipped, she could take control, and probably would. Garm's teeth, Kanawin shouted. They're huge. How can... Garolin barked a reproof, and the standard-bearer fell silent. The black Jotun longships were as large as any of the ships plying the trade route to Vanaheim. Such ships could easily hold more than a hundred sailors and warriors. But spun as they were from smoke and ash, who could say how many warriors these might bear? They would find out soon enough. A grim smile rose to Vidar's lips. A warband of Jotun numbered two hundred men. With his full gear pouring strength into him, he felt as if he could take them all himself. He glanced up. Only one bird drifted overhead, high above bowshot. One shaman of three to track the Asir's movements? That meant the others would be using their magic to harry him until the threads he'd woven parted and the charm unraveled. The sails of the black ships slackened, rippling as if they meant to stop. Garlon's horn sang out sharply over the heavy rumble of hoofbeats. The double column reformed into a narrow spear with Vidar at its tip. Garlon rode at his right, and Kanawin on his left one of her gloved hands tight around the spear from which Vidar's foxhead banner cracked and snapped in the wind. Maybe a hundred yards were left between them and the ships. The ashen sails slackened entirely. The ships halted and then vanished in a cloud of ash and smoke. The stench of burned wood grew overpowering. The wedge of Asir, horse, and cold iron accelerated to a gallop. Vidar wrapped Rimfaxi's reins around his saddle horn, leaving enough slack for the mare to move freely. He withdrew his spindle and pulled free a double arm's length of thread. Smoke burned his eyes and he coughed from the thick stench. The drumming sound of hooves filled his ears. Maybe fifty yards left. He loosed a battle cry, his fulgus slavered, flexing insubstantial limbs, and he felt his strength double again. He dug his fingers into that river rock that was himself and began reciting the runic phrases that would strengthen the leash wrapped around his fulgus neck. In between eye blinks, the cloud of smoke and ash condensed into a massive black sphere that spun in the air. It pulsed once, twice, and on the third pulse it transformed into a thousand black spears that shot toward them. Garlon's horn cried out. He understood the danger. Thirty-five yards left. Steady! Garlon shouted above the thundering hooves. Their magic won't! The black spears smashed into Vidar, his men, and their horses. Bursting into a shower of ash and soot, horses screamed and balked. Trained though they were, they were blinded. The men coughed and spit, dragging on the reins to get their panicked horses back under control. Maybe it had been luck, but Hrimfaxi had not been blinded by the soot. She'd barreled right through it. 
The Jotun had formed themselves into a shield wall. These Jotun were armored in much the same way as the Einherar, boiled leather armor covering chest and arms and split below the waist to partially cover their legs, leather helms shining with studs, round shields painted black, long spears jutting forward. Vidar realized he was hearing Hrimfax's hooves alone. He glanced to either side. No one. It must have been the cloud of ash from the destroyed spears. He'd ridden through it, but his warriors had been caught. Maybe fifteen yards left, less than the length of a warship. He had heartbeats left to decide. Either face the Jotun alone or circle around and wait, which would give the Jotun warband more time to ready themselves, and more time for their shamans to bend their sather against his warband, just as they'd done by dispersing their black longship into those black spears. No real choice, then. He pulled which thread into his hands until the spindle rattled empty. He cast the thread forward, singing the charm his father had taught him. The grasses and roots obeyed, surging up from the dead earth to twist around his enemy's legs. Cries of dismay went up among the Jotun shield wall that was four warriors deep and maybe twenty wide, their spears bristling. In the heartbeat that remained, Vidar drew his sword, readied his shield, and charged. Garlon's horn shrieked from behind a moment later, calling the warriors to reform. Vidar smashed into the Jotun. He knocked three down immediately, those in the first line who held the shields. They screamed in pain and fell awkwardly, their legs and feet bound to the ground by his power. Those in the third and fourth ranks rammed long spears into his face and chest. The impacts rocked him back in the saddle, but thanks to his fulgia, none of the blows injured him. And, thanks to his charm, Hrimfaxi remained unscathed. Though there was no pain or blood from the jabbing spears, he gripped Hrimfaxi tight with his legs so he wouldn't get knocked off. In flashing arcs, he hewed spear blades like heads of grain, but he couldn't quite reach the warriors themselves. A pair of spears slammed low into his right side. Rather than pull back, this pair of Jotun warriors shoved harder, trying to lift him out of the saddle. He brought his sword down to cut through the shafts, but his strike was off and his blade stuck in the tough ash. Before he could free it, another pair of spears slammed into him. Rough hands reached up and dragged his shield down. He hit the frozen ground, breath blew from his lungs, and above him, Hrimfaxi did as she'd been trained. She went wild, spinning and kicking her heavy hooves. Bound as they were by the grasses, the Jotun immediately around him couldn't flee. He heard the wet thocks of smashed skulls and broken bones. A howl tore free of his throat, as much the Fulgia's roar as it was his own. Without thinking, he hauled on her strength like a sailor raising a mainsail. His body thrummed with new strength and he was up, hammering Jotun warriors aside with blade and shield alike. He screamed as he swung his sword, blood spraying as he hewed through them till it broke in his hand. He flung the hilt at a thick-set, black-bearded, grinning Jotun. It bounced off the man's helm and dropped him. When his shield became a smashed ruin, Vidar laid about him with his fists. He charged back and forth, trying to break free of the encircling Jotun, but there were just too many of them. They drove Hrimfaxi off and tucked behind round shields and long spears got around him. Garlon's horn shrieked again, closer now. The sound pierced the battle fury that had settled into his mind. Yet Vidar could taste the Jotun's uncertainty, like hot blood and the sweet flesh of Yggdrasil's fruit. They might have him at bay, but they'd shortly have to deal with his warband. One Jotun shouted, Orders, and resolution replaced their uncertainty. They began jabbing their spears at him again, and he felt the Jotun shamans picking at his charms. Not only were they beginning to unravel the weave that protected his warriors, but they were unwinding the grassy fetters he'd flung around the Jotun's feet. Vidar slapped one darting spear aside and caught another. He yanked hard, using his Fulga's strength as naturally as his own. The Jotun flew toward him, surprised etched into the man's swarthy, heavy-browed face. Vidar caught the warrior and broke him across his knee. His Fulga screamed with delight. Asir battle cries echoed behind him. He turned toward the sound and gathered himself for a charge. 
and then the shamans hurled Sather at him. It cut Runnels across his skin like a snow bear's venom. Pain flared, but his fulgo screamed it away until only his rage remained. His fulgo made him slap one spear away even as another struck him in the small of the back. She spun him around, and he grabbed the spear in both hands, and with it flung the Jotun warrior aside. Then she made him sprint forward, spear still in his hands, toward the opening she, they, had created. No, he thought at her, shouldering her aside and taking back control of his body. He needed her strength, but he would not let her control him. She snarled like a cornered great cat, but backed down. Through the gap in front of him he saw his warband on foot, fighting toward him in a tight wall of their own. Most of the Jotun seemed to be attacking them. He himself was in the middle of a noose of maybe twenty Jotun. He spat on the ground. He could feel the shamans further picking apart the witch armor he'd woven for the warband. It wouldn't hold much longer. His fulgia shrieked inside him, making his blood pound harder. Enough! he shouted at her. A pair of spears slammed into his back. He stumbled forward, fell, rolled, and came back up to his knees. He took another pair of spears full on his chest. They tore through his tattered armor but skidded across his flesh. He stood, arms wide, facing the Jotun. He saw fear in their dark eyes. They knew what he was, and they lacked the weapons to kill him. This time, when his fulgia screamed, he turned to his left, pulled on her strength, and sprang forward faster than the attacking Jotun could react. They were coming at him in pairs, a shield man on the right and a spearman to his left, alternating all the way around the noose. But they hadn't expected him to move as fast as he did. He slammed shoulder first into the shieldman. The round shield broke, and the Jotun warrior flew backward. Darkbeard parted in a howl of surprise. Vidar grabbed the shoulders of the spearman and drove a knee into his stomach as he pulled down on the man's shoulders. The warrior vomited blood as his torso was pulped. By then, the next shieldman had begun turning toward Vidar. Still moving far more quickly than the Jotun could react, he skipped step forward and caved in the shieldman's skull with a single clenched fist. Sather flared across his shoulders, hissing and burning. He staggered and went down on one knee, mind reeling with pain. Before he even realized what was happening, his fulgia had picked him back up and was driving him forward into the next spearman. She used his arms to grab that warrior's shoulders, and when she hammered his knee upward, he felt the spearman's spine snap. Vidar watched the dead warrior's hooger dart free like a silvery fish. His fulgia reached for it, extending bloody hands as he might reach into the mists above a lake. Then she ate the Jotun spirit. Vidar's heart nearly burst with ecstasy. He reeled backward, struggling to rein in his, no, her desire for more. Hot horror rose like the dawn. The remaining warriors in the shield wall attacked, hewing him with axes, slamming spears into him. None of it mattered. The thuds of their weapons against his body sounded like a heavy summer rain on a longhouse roof. The pounding of his heart and the need for more death were all he felt. He fought that need even as his fulgia fought his enemies. Using his arms, she slapped aside a spear, spun, and stepped in close. The man's lips parted, a white strip of teeth behind a black beard. His fulgia tore the warrior's throat out with her talons. Talons? When did she... Renewed ecstasy flooded through him as his fulgia drank in the dead warrior's spirit. He was losing his grip on that river rock, his fingernails peeling back. He focused on the icy manacles of his tattoos and began to invoke the runes that would restrain her, only to be drowned out by the fulgia's shriek, malicious and eager. Dozens left. More food. No! He had been a fool. He threw what Willie had left into reciting the runes. The shamans must have sensed it, for Sather incandesced against his skin, burning him with long, rippling lines of venom. His fingernails slipped from the rock, and the current took him. No, no! 
When the Fulgia realized his control was gone, she surged up from the depths of his mind like a broaching whale. Dimly, he was aware of her propelling his body forward at one of the Jotun still before him. The Jotun's spear shattered against his chest, and with one of Vidar's hands she ripped away the man's armor and sank Vidar's teeth, lengthened into fangs, into the warrior's neck. The man thrashed, trying to throw him off, her, off. She broke the warrior's neck with one savage twist of her head. Another wave of ecstasy swept him further away from the rock of his hammer. The further away he was carried, the more control she took, and the more she shifted his hammer, molding his flesh into a shape she wanted. Already his body had doubled in size, looking more and more like a snow bear with long curling horns and sharp talons, thick and black. He had been a fool. As if from a great height, he watched his body leap toward the Jotun shield wall that had engaged his warband. His body rampaged, opening a wide, bloody swath through the Jotun. She drank more spirits and grew larger, altering his hammer still more. But he no longer felt any of it, just a lingering, vague shame as his thoughts faded. She turned to look at him then, green eyes wild and triumphant. Such a fool. Well, folks, that was Chapter 18 of Kinsman Die. I hope you enjoyed it. Vidar fought the Jotun and his Fulgia and didn't do well against either. If you like what you're hearing, if you feel like I'm delivering some value, please consider supporting my work by buying my books or via Patreon, PayPal, Locals, etc. A few ratings have come in. Thanks very much for those. They're a huge help. Please keep them coming. And also, please share the podcast. That helps a ton as well. And I'd also enjoy hearing from you. You can email me at mattbishoprights at gmail.com. And as always, I'm going to read from the Havamal, the sayings of the High One. And I will be reading from both the Bellows and the Larrington translations. Bellows, verse 18. He alone is aware who has wandered wide and far abroad has fared. How great a mind is guided by him that wealth of wisdom has. Larrington, verse 18. Only that man who wanders widely and has journeyed a great deal knows what sort of mind each man controls. He who is sharp in his wits. Thanks for listening.